You are now listening. To the Frozen Envelope. What's up, peeps? <laughs> Is that the dorkiest way you could possibly start a podcast? What if I was a person who thought it was a good idea to start every podcast with the phrase, What up, peeps? I wouldn't be me. Who am I? I'm James Marcita, and I'm the host of The Frozen Envelope. It's a podcast about the Knicks, and it's brought to you by Posting and Toasting, which is a website about the Knicks. That's being a little reductive. It's a lot more than a website to a lot of people, but... Yeah, that's basically, you know, that's the gist of it. This is episode 18. This episode is old enough to vote to make a difference in this country. But you know, you're never too young to vote with your wallet. All you child stars out there, I want you to put your money toward eliminating money from politics. That's the interesting thing. The only way to get money out of politics is to get more money into politics. You gotta just pump it in, even way more than we're doing now, and then that'll get it out. It takes money to get rid of money. So yeah, this is episode 18 of The Frozen Envelope. It's a podcast about the Knicks, and we got some Knicksy things that we can talk about this week. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the NBA Finals just happened. The Golden State Warriors destroyed the Cleveland Cavaliers. Both teams wonderful. But Golden State, just insane. The Durant of it all, right? They were so fucking good. Last year and the year before. You know, last year they had Curry, who was hurt. And they had the Draymond suspension, which I think is oversold a little bit, but whatever. It it counts. (laughs) He missed a game. That's pretty big. But they were ridiculous, right? And then you add Durant to that. Subtract no one. Sorry, Harrison Barnes. I get, I was about to say sucks to be Harrison Barnes, but I would trade my life for his. in like less than the amount of time it's taking me to finish this sentence. I already made the decision that I would do it. So it does not suck to be Harrison Barnes. But in his little community, in my, everything is relative. So yeah, this ridiculous team got, you know, definitely not the best player in the league, because that's LeBron, but probably the second best in Kevin Durant, right up there, right? And it's just insane, and it has brought up all these questions of competitive balance. Is this bad for the league? Is it good for the league? You kind of have these two teams that are way better than every other team. Is this this okay? Are we going to make it? As a uh, community that loves basketball. And so I thought about it. And, you know, the NBA is made up of players. That's not the point I'm trying to make. I just kind of got syntactically sidetracked there. While taking a sip of water to quench my thirst. But uh, the NBA... uh, The money for the NBA comes from fans so i'm like i'm a fan what does this mean for me let me think about what it means for me 
that these two teams are going to be so good for so long, and more specifically Golden State, as long as they agree to like keep their contracts, whatever, whatever, uh, is going to dominate for years and years. Which is ridiculous. There should be no uh, salary cap. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other, other thing. But never forget, uh, fuck management in all things. This is like a true thing. Always side with labor. And that'll be uh, your North Star for figuring out what's fair in the business world. But so, you know, there's this competitive imbalance issue. And as a fan, I'm like, well, what do I think? I'm a fan of the Knicks. And for me, it doesn't matter that much. Like, most of you guys listening to this right now, guys and gals... Most of you are Knicks fans, so think about it. I don't know. Does it bother you so much while the Knicks stink that this other thing is happening? To me, if my team is not actively engaged in the pursuit for a championship, and I guess by that I mean that season like realistically perceived as a team that could at least make some noise in the playoffs, it's all just noise. Does it bother me so much? That Golden State is so much better than everyone? I don't think so. Because outside of the Knicks... So I always want the Knicks to be the best team in the league. And if they were for 100 years in a row, my life would be perfect. (laughs) Uh, That would be so pathetic if that were true. But no, my life would be uh, a lot better if I had the best team in the league to root for every year. I'm a Yankee fan. Not as much into baseball as I am basketball. But that's great. Being a Yankee fan is great. I would love that for the Knicks. So that's my first priority. And then outside of that, it's what is an interesting storyline. And I hear that it's boring for one team to win every year. I remember being bitter as a uh, Giants fan, a New York football Giants fan growing up. And I went to watch the Super Bowl at a friend's place. And I remember whining like, It's just so boring that the Cowboys keep winning. It was like Aikman and Emmett's third Super Bowl in a row or whatever. But looking back on that, I know I was just being a whiny baby. And I was upset that the Knicks weren't winning. The Knicks, the Giants in that case. But this is a podcast about the Knicks. But we're getting back to... It doesn't really matter, and in fact, maybe more interesting if a team like Golden State emerges, because it's kind of like uh, I'm not a big Star Wars person, but I want I want some of that uh, I want some Star Wars related ratings, so I'm gonna make a Star Wars analogy. It's like uh, in Star Wars. <laughs> That's the analogy, and then I just walk away. It's like in Star Wars with the Death Star. You're like, oh, they got that. It's over, right? The Death lineup. They got that. It's over. But it's never over. And I guess it sucks if, like, seven years from now, the Warriors have won every championship. But each year, you're renewed with hope. And that's just what life is. You know you're going to die, you're aware of your mortality. You're aware that you probably will not attain all of 
your goals in life, but you uh, keep going every day. So is it so bad for the league that a team is so good, like Golden State? I don't know. I think the league will be just fine. Let's put it that way. We shouldn't really worry. We're worrying about our enjoyment. All right, that's fair. But I think we're going to be okay. One day they'll be toppled. That's the thing. It's not like a... No matter what, Max, you know, Van Gunny's like, eight to ten years, that's ridiculous. But three or four, all right, that sucks, but that's a bad administration, right? That's four years of whatever president that you wish would only have four years. You get through it. It sucks, it's terrible, it maybe hastens the end of the world, but you get through it. It'll be all right. In the meanwhile, you guys should, you know, take up, learn to crochet, It's a traditionally female-dominated art form. So if you're a man, you can appropriate it. And you'll become famous and you'll be the first rich crocheter. And then uh, you'll be like, why do people hate me? I'm just the first famous male crocheter. And I'm making all the money off of it. Explore the rest of your life. The NBA will be fine. If you're not a fan of Golden State or Cleveland, uh, you know, pay attention to your team. And that'll keep you occupied. There's a lot going on with every team. My boy Alex Wolf on Posting and Toasting does a great mock draft roundup every week. And he shows what players are being mocked where. And then he tallies it up and shows who's in the lead that week. What do the pundits as a collective whole think will happen in the draft who will the next draft it's a uh, great little feature feature is that the right word i don't know shouts to alex though i enjoy reading them the mock draft roundups this week uh the big story is frank nilakina moving up the draft boards and there is some hesitation in the commentosphere about the uh, potential of the French mensch. I guess he was born in like Belgium or Brussels or Budapest or Bahrain or somewhere like that and then moved to France when he was three. But, you know, he's a Frenchman in my eyes. It's like a New Yorker. They come from everywhere. You guys know what I'm talking about. You're a fan of the Knicks. Come on. So, not everyone thinks that Frank is a great prospect. I happen to want him more than Dennis Smith Jr. by a lot. But I can see that that's not the consensus in the community. But, you know, to each their own. That's kind of what I'm getting at. And, yeah, let's get at it now. What I think is interesting about getting obsessed over players, because I am. I want Monk really badly. What I think is interesting is that you're not obsessed in the same way if you put money on the line. Let that one sink in for a little bit. I don't want to part with like a thousand dollars. That would be that would be a huge blow, actually. So would I? Uh, 
would I bet a thousand dollars that I know I'm obsessed with Monk? Like I know Monk is going to be better than Dennis Smith Jr. Or that I know he's going to be better than Frank Nilakina? I don't know. Uh, I might. I find myself weirdly when I think about what I want to put. Uh, think about it this way. I think this is an interesting way to think about these prospects. How much money would you be willing to bet? And this is different for everyone because money is the ultimate relative, right? Three cents for an ant. Who doesn't even know what money is? <laughs> it's way different than three cents for you and I. Scale, relativity. How much money would you be willing to bet on your preferred prospect being the best prospect of the three that the Knicks are widely discussed as uh, drafting? Those being, of course, Dennis Smith Jr., Malik Monk, and Frank Nilakina, the Frenchman. I was born on Long Island, and I moved to New Jersey when I'm three. I guess I'm a strong islander, but I'm way more of a Jerseyer. And if you're wondering, well, then why do you like the Knicks? How could you like the Knicks from New Jersey? Even though I bet I live closer to the garden than you did growing up. 30-minute car ride with no traffic. Probably like four minutes as the crow flies. If you were a a crow, you could probably get from my Jersey house to, uh, to MSG in four minutes. I think you'll find that you aren't willing to put a lot of money on this for real. I mean, I guess you might because it's way in the future. Do you have to pay now? There's a lot of rules that need to be worked out. My point is, it's. I think it's. Um, I think if you gave yourself the money test, you can be backed off your prospect quick. It's fun to argue about it, but no one knows. Nobody knows. There's always this consensus, and it comes like really, you know. You get those top two, three people. Then every guy is pegged with like a couple of picks. And it's like crazy. How could you put this how could you put this guy above this guy? No one knows what they're talking about. We have no idea who's gonna be good. And that's what's fun. It's because everyone uh shooter's chance. There was a thing in Nick's news this week, which is Dolan was interviewed. I think it was on a Fox thing. Because he's a piece of trash. Um, and he said, you know, when people ask me about basketball, I say, ask Phil. Ask Phil. I pride myself on having the worst Jim Dolan impression in North America, certainly. And a couple people had took issue with this. And they said, it's no longer okay to say, ask Phil. Frank Asola, among them. Calling you out, Frank. Putting your name in the street. If you want to come on the show and talk about it, I'm right here. You gotta come to my apartment, though. And sit in my weird extra room with a cat tree. And there's no AC, because AC would be too loud, and you're going to get all sweaty and uncomfortable. I'm going to dose your water with acid. Oh my god, I would love to dose Frank Asola with acid. Is that saying too much? Okay. Um, so people were like, you can't say that, you should fire Phil. And alright, maybe, like, you can make an argument for that. But if he's not going to fire Phil, like, what do you want him to say? You want him to keep 
Phil as the president of basketball operations and then go, oh, but I question his every move. I mean, at least we're at the point. Listen, this is you got to play the long game. We're at the point where Dolan has admitted that he knows nothing about basketball. He cannot go back from that. That's a pragmatic win. So maybe Phil lasts a couple years longer than you want. But eventually he'll go. And then the next guy hopefully is someone who is in tune with 2017 and what that means for running a basketball team. And then everything's fine. But if he's not going to fire Phil, I don't want him being like, yeah, I'm still all up in the mix. Like, why would you want that? He thinks, at least, like, listen, he's one of the dumbest people. Uh, I don't what do I, how do I want to phrase this? He's one of the dumbest people in my, like, day-to-day orbit of incredibly powerful rich people that I'm aware of. His, like, maybe it's just that his stupidity is flouted. So, I don't know. He's just incredibly... It's not important to, like, rank it. All right? <laughs> Jim Dolan is incredibly stupid. And there goes my chance of getting a job with the Knicks. But, you know, such is life. And he has finally realized that he doesn't know anything about basketball. And he trusted, uh, you know, a guy that a lot of us would trust until he proved himself to be moronic. But Jim Dolan is a moron himself. So he's like, well, you know... People are saying he's dumb, but I don't know what to believe because I'm an idiot and I can't evaluate anything for myself. So I'm going to give this guy, who I said I'd give five years to, five years. You know. Just, what are you going to do? It's fine. It's fine for Dolan. Dolan is the worst owner in sport in almost every way imaginable. This is a nothing. I want to go back to Frank Nilakina a little bit. There's been some reporting on Frank Nilakina's, uh, at the very least, you could call it acceptance. I, I think he's been complimentary of the triangle offense. And he said he would, uh, it would be great to play for the Knicks, which uh, I like it. It reeks of desperation. I want some desperation on the court. You know what I mean? I want these guys to go for that rebound. Go for that steal. Stick your arm into the passing lane. You know, hold a little bit. Play a little dirty. Do whatever you got to do. So if he's like, I want to be a little bit, I want to play in New York, uh, get a little dirty. Tell Phil you love the triangle. That's what I like to see. Bullshit the bullshitter. I like this Frank kid. I'm telling you. He's shaping up... Here's the thing about if if the Knicks draft Frank, who I'm frankly terrified of. <laughs> no, but uh, he scares me a little bit because I don't really know anything about him. Uh, but if they draft him, I'll be so confident that he'll be great because it'll be, you know, another Clarence Gaines approved pick. It'll be another foreign pick, which is, I don't really like using that word, non-American pick. And the uh, the Knicks are good at making those sorts of picks. So I'll be really happy if they draft Frank. That, to me, means like, all right, they know. They know he's going to be good. If some other, The one thing the Knicks do is, like, draft pretty well lately. That's the thing with Phil, man. I guess the Knicks had so far to go. The fact that he kept the draft picks is the biggest thing. 
he's obsessed with keeping draft picks is the biggest thing. And that brings us to Clyde Zabarnani's. I mean, I'm loving that I'm hearing that the Knicks want more first-round draft picks, not that they're trying to trade down. You hear some of that, too. But I, th- I, I don't know. Um, on Twitter, Benchwarmer Dan tweeted, you know, I'm starting to see that there are more reports about them acquiring more picks, not trading down. Uh, and that feels right. I haven't, I haven't crunched the numbers on it, but I saw that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I've kind of felt that too. And it's just so good to see the Knicks trying to do that, which is such a low bar to clear, but I do want to give them a Clyde for that. But what I'm, what I'm scared of, I guess, is Justin Jackson a little, because when I first started watching him was in the tournament, because I watched the NBA. College stinks. They're garbage. They're garbage players. It's a garbage product. Let's be honest. I want to watch the best movies. I want to listen to the best music. I want to watch the best basketball. It's, you know, scouting is important. But there's so many hours of basketball available that are played on a professional level in the NASCAR... In the NASCAR... In the National Basketball Association. Why would I not watch those instead of college? But with a bad team, I'm interested in the prospects. So I just, you know, I get more into it in years like this. And I remember hearing about Josh Jackson, and I got confused and thought it was people were talking about Justin Jackson going that high. <laughs> so I watched some UNC games and was like, this guy stinks. He's supposed to be like the fourth best player in the league. But I was I was viewing it through this lens of someone who's expecting the league, I mean the NCAA. They are a cabal obsessed with making money and not compensating labor, just like every other cabal. Uh, let's get back to it. So, like, I was thinking about Justin Jackson as, like, a top three, four, five prospect. And I was like, what? I don't see this at all. And, yeah, it turns out that's not true. And now he's anywhere from 10 to 20, and the Knicks are into him. And I'm not, I wasn't that impressed. But rather than be negative, I want to just, like, put out the vibe that if we get Justin Jackson, he's going to be amazing. I'm putting that out. Justin Jackson is going to be amazing. And if he winds up going to, you know, the Hornets or whatever, so be it. But I'm telling you right now, he's going to be like, uh, what's his name? Jared Jeffries. Who I'm, you guys don't even, like, he got a lot of hate. He missed that layup. That's true. That was horrible. Melo passed him the ball and he missed it. Round to the rim. You know? If it was Jordan, though, Jeffries wouldn't have missed that. He would have been so scared of Jordan. Right? But... He was like, he was the first Draymond. Jared Jeffries was the first Draymond Green. Because he was like, fuck that. I'm going to guard point guards. I'm going to guard power forwards. And he did it well, man. He allowed the Knicks to be good. I don't know. He unlocked a lot of stuff on defense. I'm just saying. So Justin Jackson, maybe he's like a better Jared Jeffries. That could be good, I guess. I don't want the Knicks to draft him. But in case they do, it's so early in his career. Let's hope for the best, right? But I'm happy with anything that the Knicks will do to get a first-round pick. There's, like, no one who, you know, if they traded Hernan Gomez, that would be insane. Otherwise, Kuz, I like him, but you could trade him. O'Quinn, I like him. You could trade him. 
Lee, I like him. You could trade him. What are you going to do? Like, bring back someone else. Why not? There's no trade you can make that could upset me. I don't think. I want Justin Holiday. I really... There are these rumors of Justin and Drew going to the the Mavericks, and they upset me because I want Justin Holiday on my team for the rest of my life. I love him. He's learning how to play the guitar. What a cutie. Acoustic. He's like, I think I want to play electric now. That's such a cute beginning guitar meme. Like, they're so different. I mean, they, they are, I guess. But, like, you can play one, you can play the other. That's simplifying things a bit, but that's what it is to be. You can never encompass all that you're trying to emit in one word, one sentence, one paragraph. Life is massive. It's complex, you know? Is there a trade that you wouldn't do for a first-round pick? Let me know in the comments section. I want to give a Bargnani to this weird Dennis Smith Jr. non-workout thing. I don't know. I just don't. It's not a big deal at all. They he was supposed he was supposed to work out. Knicks interviewed him and then he didn't work out. Is it eighteen dimensional chess? You can never assess a move like this. It'll be very interesting if the Knicks land Dennis Smith Jr. Now it's like what was that about? I feel like we'll never know. It's like how many licks it takes to get to the center of a tootsie roll tootsie pop. I wonder at what age you don't know what I'm talking about. I, I hope people reach out to let me know. Um, like, the 22-year-olds know that commercial? The 30-year-olds know that commercial? How old and pathetic am I? Hmm. Quite. The answer is quite for both of those those questions. All right. I had fun. Did you guys have fun today? If you had fun, raise your hand. No one, huh? I'm going to insert crickets in the uh, post-show. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of the Frozen Envelope. See you next week.